You're listening to McBee Care Threads, a podcast where leaders across the healthcare industry can learn from each other. We'll discuss stories and explore strategies to help providers deliver value-based care and hear your peers share their best practices for success. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the McBee Care Threads podcast. My name is Maria Warren, and I'm a vice president here at McBee. Our guest today is Brent Cordy, who's the CEO at Front Point Health. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Front Point Health, their approach to growth, and covering Medicare Advantage along the way. So let's get started. Brent, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. Why don't you start off by introducing yourself and talking a little bit about your background? Sure. Thanks, Maria. Um, I, uh, I'm super happy to join today. I'm uh, joining from uh, from not so sunny Seattle, Washington, uh, where I've spent most of my time lately down in the uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth or in the Houston area in Texas. So I'm I'm home in a typical sort of cloudy day uh, in in the uh, in the Pacific Northwest where where I live. Um, again, uh, appreciate the introduction, Brent Corti, CEO of Front Point. Health, uh, a newly formed uh, organization that has uh, that has uh, started our our journey as a home health and hospice provider in the state of Texas. Uh, we have uh, purchased a uh, a larger home health provider uh, under the name of One Point and TPC Plus, and this this home health provider is based in. Uh, in in the Dallas Metroplex, Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, and uh, and then two hospice organizations that are that are that are growing and um, uh, probably on the smallish side, but um, certainly not not smallish from a uh, from a the perspective of quality of care and staff. Uh, I can I can say after spending a fair amount of time even this morning with one of our hospice leaders that. These are two of the strongest hospices I've ever I've ever worked with, and super proud to be associated with them. And I'm learning a ton, learning a ton, um, turning learning a ton from them. So uh, excited to, to be able to chat with you about what we're doing and uh, share uh, share some perspective and and learn from you at the same time, Maria. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you sharing that background because, you know, From Point Health, it, it's new to new to the market, new name out there that we want everybody to hear about um, with the, the the pulling together of those organizations and, you know, you stepping into um, the CEO role there. And of course, you know, no, no small feat when you're shifting geography so much of, you know, from being in um, the, the Washington area into the Texas area, different uh, aligning the, the organizations together. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of challenges that you've encountered as part of that, different markets, as well as focusing on growing the organizations at the same time. Um, You know, you make it look easy, you know, and everything, you know, you're able to to make it look simple. And um, what, what challenges did you encounter? And, you know, how did you overcome and work through them as um, you stepped into this role and um, formed from Point Health? Yeah, awesome. Well, I can tell you, if I'm making it look easy, then I'm a lot better actor than I am a home health and hospice leader. Um, You're hired. You'll be on Hollywood soon. <laughs> hey, that's right. That's right. I just uh, just need to get a better haircut. Um, uh, no, I, I appreciate you saying it. Um, you know, uh, the truth is a, a, a lot of challenges. I, I came from, I haven't been shy about this, uh, the, the, the journey 
from uh, going from the health system world. Uh, in, in my career, just in, in short, I, I worked in, um, I, I, I've had few jobs, but for long periods of time and worked in home care uh, my, my entire career since 2001 and largely worked in the for-profit world and, and, until I uh, started as uh, um, a director at Evergreen Health in, in the uh, Seattle area. And then um, um, ended up leaving under the, the title of, uh, of chief home care officer. Uh, which which may be maybe something that we coined there uh, um, for better or for worse. And the health system world's very different. It, it, it is it is is polar. It's a polar opposite than than the for profit world. And I can tell you, I am refreshed to be back in the for profit world, uh, mainly because many of the illusions that that I think uh, are shared and 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 discussed in that you know not for profit or 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 not profit seeking world about, you know, care is better. Uh, if, you know, if, if you're not, if you're seeking profit, the care is worse. I, I haven't experienced that uh, personally, and I'm certainly working to build this company in a way that whether, whether, whatever the profit basis is that we are uh, patient facing and, and, and absolutely focused on the work we do. And I think one of the biggest things is that um, it's the decisions we make on a day-to-day basis, uh, don't have to go through a litany of bureaucracy. This is this is the the front point leaders show, and we have to perform. We have to do uh, um, uh, do a great job, and we hope that we are. And um, and that's not always the case in health systems, where where uh, the 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 urge to improve and the 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 notion to to grow the right way and to fight for patients the right way is is often secondary to um to other forces in health systems whether they be politics or or, or other or other issues I, I didn't experience most of those those ills at, uh, at evergreen I, I was very fortunate there worked with a great group of people but nonetheless super excited to be part of this what challenges have have we um have we run into well first off um you know front points goals are are uh, relatively straightforward. I think we're going to talk about med advantage in a bit, so I'll hold on that. But we we want to disrupt the market, and you know who doesn't say that? Of course, we want to disrupt the market. But I but I I think our perspective on taking on med advantage is unique. Um, but I can tell you that as of uh, our company starting, excuse me, effectively um, around uh, Labor Day of 2022. That we have uh, been focused largely on, on, on improving processes, clinical care, formalizing, professionalizing, you name it. Uh, the the work that the company that we purchase does, um, and 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 doing so in a way that doesn't disrupt or derail the very important model that we wanted to be part of. So uh, that's an art. Uh, and and it's and I can tell you it's it it in this whole journey the the I, I I think I'll look back and one of the earliest memories that I'll have will be how to how to how to how to how to spend the right amount of time um, fixing things that you think may need to be fixed without uh, breaking the very the very things that make the company unique. So our eyes have been down on. Uh, on 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 focusing on building this organization uh, and 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 less uh, 
lately, perhaps, on, on growing organizations through acquisitions. And that's very purposeful. Uh, acquiring companies right now in, in home health and in hospice is, it's, you know, I, I think with everything from inflation to the changing job market to uh, some, you know, some, some, some changes from a debt perspective that some of these large for-profit, uh, I'm sorry, uh, publicly traded companies are, are seeing, that that the hyperinflated acquisition market, M&A market, uh, may, may, maybe it'll be slowing down, but we are not in the business of overpaying for 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 providers. We want to we want to buy uh, organizations, partner with organizations at a fair price, and we want to do it in a way that offers a lasting legacy to the um, to the sellers. And that's different. We we aren't aiming to come in and change absolutely everything. In fact. We want to partner with companies who have figured out something truly unique and perpetuate that uh, and improve upon it, but not gut it. We don't want to take any company down to the studs or it's not worth us partnering with them. And, and I think that's compelling to the people that are looking to, to sell the businesses that they've spent their life growing. Um, I, one, one more comment on, on, on challenges. I, I don't know if coining this as a challenge is appropriate, but providing care in Washington state has its own unique challenges. Washington state certificate needs state. There's 55 or so home healths and, you know, 30 some hospices, you know, a lot of providers say, well, that must be great. You know, you get all the referrals you want. Well, the truth is it's really difficult because all eyes are on you. Um, it is the absolute opposite in Texas. Texas is, uh, you know, even though we're further West Texas in, in terms of home health and hospice, in my experience is the wild West. Uh, there are, there are more home healths, within a two or three mile radius of our headquarters in Dallas than the entire state of Washington. And, and the competition and inherent uh, uh, almost transient nature of staffing is just something that's truly unique. And I, and I think folks in Texas think that that's normal, but it's not nationally. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm already used to it, but it, it is, uh, it is just super, super different down there. The people are wonderful. Um, uh, and, and the approach to post-acute is just so deeply, deeply different. So I'm, I'm kind of learning that, you know, although we say the U S healthcare system is, you know, is really one healthcare system, it's uh, you know state to state. It probably could it, it could be as different as is the United States versus other countries. It's it's quite different. So, a lot going on in our world. Yeah, I mean, even just as you were saying, from variations from state to state, and it's north versus south, east versus west. I mean, they're they're just based on the geography and the population and the mix. Um, you, you could get a whole a whole mixture of different types of patients as well as different types of organizations and. You're right, and not breaking what makes it unique. Because if you were going to break what makes it unique, why buy when you could just go and build that cookie cutter and try to make them all the same and and look the same and operate the same way, but building off of the importance of what makes that organization special, what sets it apart, and in providing needs for the patient and um, meeting the patient and their family's expectations for high quality care. Yeah. You know, I love that comment, Maria. If you have to change everything, why buy? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good question. And and I think that there are probably some folks that could answer that. And I think there's probably some 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 executives and some firms, uh, M&A or PE firms that that probably looking back on that question and think, 
man, I wish I would have asked that question a little. Um, I wish I would have dug into that a bit more because um, because so, so many models require, you know, quote, going down to the studs. Uh, but um, or, or it won't fit into their to their company. And we we and I've, I've said this before. I love I know uh, I, <laughs> I love being able to look someone in the eye and say this because they're just like, are you serious? Uh, but we, we we may not have the intention as an organization to even unite all of our EMRs from state to state immediately. So uh, and most people think, how on earth are you going to measure quality? How are you going to measure volume? You know, there's no way you can have disparate processes processes but the emr fits the culture the culture fits the state or, or the community that you provide care in and healthcare and health from a public health perspective those of us that have you know had some education in your public health or um you know M- mbas related to healthcare, all know that health is local and it's all community based and 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 that may be the bravest move uh, it also may be the dumbest. We'll, we'll 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 see as we go. But I'm I'm I, I don't need to be a hero simply to say we're going to unite our medical records um, state to state. It, it'll be interesting. Maybe mm-hmm. on next time we talk, we'll have made another acquisition in another state, and I'll be eating my words. So you you can call me out on that. <laughs> you never know, and and that's really the thing is when you're going into this. No, nobody has a crystal ball. You don't know what you don't um, what you don't know. Um, there's things that could work today that can't work tomorrow. So it, it's all about that trial and error, and you know, being willing to take risks um, to to fail, but come out stronger and better on the other end of it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that you um, had talked about on on front points approach and that I'm really excited to watch um, play out is the approach on Medicare Advantage. You know, majority of providers out there are, you know, uh, frightened by Medicare Advantage, you know, realize there's so many hoops to jump through authorizations. They say they want to operate like Medicare. They don't operate like Medicare. Um, They don't follow it to a T. There's all these different flavors, so to speak, of Medicare Advantage plans. But you're committed to, you know, fully embracing partnerships with Medicare Advantage plans and the shift to Medicare Advantage. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So this is uh, this is among my favorite topics. So, uh, the the this this idea. I, I, I keep working. You know, you know me. We uh, um, spend a lot of time in the trenches together. Whether it's you supporting. Uh, our work through through front point or um, work we've done through NAC, et cetera. Um, I, I don't. I'm I'm not shy to to throw out um, metaphors, and sometimes they 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 fall flat. Sometimes they work. Uh, my 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 simple metaphor for for med advantage is this: that you know we're all reaching we're all reaching for for um, for fruit on on the same tree, guys, and the fruits not growing as much and it's getting a little bit too high to reach and at some point we all know that 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 uh that the that tree is going to stop fruiting and we're really surrounded by a number of other uh trees that have have fruit on it just the fruit's hard a little harder to get to and Mm -hmm. probably not as big and med advantage is that um is, is 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 just that we have such a such such a deep need and you know economically it's it's confounding you know the supply and demand curves are 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 not meeting in the place that one would think you know given how much supply of patient care is out there and what the reality is is unfortunately many health systems 
many payers have have in their minds, uh, and, and many haven't, but many have in their minds relegated post-acute care as this kind of extra cost mm-hmm. versus the absolute solution. Um, and COVID changed that quite a bit. And it's our job to not just tell the story, but to show them through action that when when a home health provider or a hospice at the right time or palliative care right in the middle, um, not to simplify that, uh, that that we we need to show them through through precedent that um, that it matters and that we can make a, a, a real difference. And you know, this is all this is we've all said this before. We're all measuring our readmission rates. We're trying to prove our our worth and our value. The home health that we operate in North Texas is is has the vast majority of patients that are Medicare Advantage, and we are doing so in a financially sustainable manner. And you know, is our care absolutely perfect? No, but I, I, nor was Evergreens, and nor is any other major organizations. We're always striving for better. Um, and and in our in our in the care we uh, provide is 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 solid, and our reach is absolutely solid. Meaning this that we the the story of Front Point will not be a Front Point on the home health side will not be the story of, hey, listen, I heard these guys are taking Medicare Advantage. The story, I hope, will be, I heard Front Point is the provider in every MSA where they provide care that absolutely provides access, that says yes. That that, that goes beyond MedAdvantage. That, that goes beyond that that strikes to the heart of what health systems need, which is not cherry picking, and not, frankly, marketers that are that are coming in and taking only certain referrals, and you know maybe even accepting the other ones and then denying them later or something like that. Instead, just these guys are actually partners. What we need is for people to take our patients. We need to health systems. I know it firsthand. Health systems need to clear their floors. They need to know that their patients are going to be taken care of. Um, and there are many, many providers that do an excellent job taking care of patients. Yet the cost of that is that they can only take care of certain patients. And um, and generally, that's the Medicare population. Well, that the fruit on that tree has fallen off and it's going to be gone. And, and, and our entire basis is that we want to start saying, we want to be able to say yes and provide access, scale to the point where every plan notices and every system notices, and uh, and 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 we want to be able to partner with with those two groups significantly. All the while providing more visit availability and financial and financial support and clinical support and educational support to our people. So that's our. That's our model in a nutshell, and we're we can't we can't wait to see it continue to grow. 
I love it. I, and I'm excited to watch it play out. And uh, so often I feel like organizations are afraid, you know, when they went to the traditional Medicare watering hole and that was their main source of funding. And obviously we've seen, you know, 2023 come with additional reimbursement cuts. And, you know, we need to think about how to diversify revenue, not only across payers, but maybe services or referral sources and, you know, finding different ways um, the Medicare Advantage, um, if you if you embrace it and you you know go to go to have a seat at the table with them, and I think that that's the biggest challenge that often um, providers um, say, you know, well, I, I can't get a seat at the table. I can't get them to listen to me. Uh, the biggest thing that I've been saying is insurance is no coverage, but we know care. You know, we can tell them how, how we can care for their patients better, how we can, you know, decrease the cost, how we can increase the outcomes. It's that whole shift to improving the, the quality of care, the shift to value-based care that then allows you really to show the value of what home and community-based care provides that it can't only be provided within a facility. You know, as you were saying, hospitals need to, need to clear, clear the floors, clear the beds, uh, but we need to keep them safe in their home as well as progressing and um, improving in, in um, the quality of the care and the outcomes to get them back on their feet. That's right. That's right. Can't, can't wait to can't wait to see how this uh, continues to evolve and um, in in our, our scalability in particular in, in Texas is something that um, the way we're building it is uh, is 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 likely going to uh, our, our our growth curve is going to be steep. So we're super super excited to do it and to and to do it right. So that's awesome. Look forward to watching it play out as well as I'm sure our listeners uh, as they continue to follow Front Point and your journey. Hear more about it. Um, with 2023, you know, we're, it's here on the um, you know that playbook, not giving away the key, the keys to the castle and everything, but uh, sh give us a glimpse uh, into your playbook for 2023. What's on the horizon for you and Front Point outside of the Medicare Advantage things that um, we should, that would be interesting to share with our listeners? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, for, I, I would say for the year, it, it looks something along the lines of us making sure that we have the right support structure and the right um the right back office uh to support growth at the at the at the you know steep curve that that i had previously mentioned and 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 to, and to, and to grow sustainably and in fact um in fact improve uh as as we as we grow you know because there's what what's the i guess i always hear that you know you're building the rocket as you fly into space or something like that i'm like i'm not sure how that works but um we uh we we're, we're we're certainly focused on that um there's a lot of nuance to building that uh to to building the back office in a way that is data driven and we're working hard to be data driven again super easy statement i'm going to throw out the pithy statement that we want to be data driven you know but, but, but of course we do but what we're talking about is is an is an absolute approach to having numbers and critical information in front of every leader in real time when they when they make the decision not listen we're just making this because 
you know, grandma's chocolate chip cookie recipe. We're just going to bake the same cookies every, you know, no matter what. That that isn't gonna that isn't gonna isn't gonna the isn't gonna work. Isn't gonna fly on grandma's cookies. Okay. The, the what? You need a the what taste is? test on grandma's cookies. That's not gonna fly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I can tell you that uh, that Dorothy Corti, yes, and I'm from Kansas. Did 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 make some pretty darn good cookies, but I, you know. My, I think my daughter might be passing her up with her new her new recipes from the eleven year old baker Harper Corti. Um, so super uh, uh, super excited for that. The other bit is this: we haven't talked much about is is hospice. Um, you know, we we all read the uh, I believe is in the New Yorker uh, the article about hospice and you know sort of essentially being being. Uh, marginalized and becoming a you know a for profit for profit boon um our our approach to hospice is something i'm really excited about and and and, and here's here's the crux of it it is full-on basic back to the basics manage your caseloads take excellent care of your clinicians build a family among your team and be passionate about making sure that everyone's end of life is is supported the family around them as well in a way that is meaningful and in oddly enough that feels different um it feels it feels different to 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 approach hospice in a way which is we're not our hospices maria are not vehemently and voraciously guarding our processes Mm -hmm. we are voraciously and 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 fiercely supporting our clinicians and their ability to do their jobs and to be present with families and and patients. Um, and and I hate to say it, but that does feel a little bit different uh, in, in, in today's world. That doesn't mean, I think that there are so many amazing hospices in the United States, but um, coming from a system-based uh, environment where I think Evergreen Health Hospice is, is, is an excellent one I mean, so so proud to have been associated with it, and for whatever, for whatever I did to help build it, and we were very large, and this this has allowed us to be very local and to address needs of the community, cultural um, cultural idiosyncrasies, um, our uh, hi- hire people who are who are truly hospice people, and um, and who are in our and 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 who and who on an individual person-to-person basis from from the back office to the in person in intake to the marketer to the nurse to the physician to the home health aide, which I think home health aides are the core of the entire hospice movement. Um uh that that we have this this absolute bent towards humanity. And and that feels really, really good. And we're super lucky to have the hospice leaders we have in place and the hospice clinicians we have in place. I was able to go to both of our holiday parties this year. And um and it was it was not only a riot to get to hang out these, you know, with these wonderful people, um, but to see how these two groups are are such a family. And 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 it reminded me of what can be lost if you grow the wrong way. And and I'm I'm super proud to grow these groups. So very true. I mean, everything that you hit on there from the, the the New Yorker article to, you know, knowing that there's just bad apples out there. But for the most part, 
they're few and far between. And that doesn't define the hospice industry and the care that's provided. And just what you shared about your organization and the, you know, getting back to the roots and caring for the patient and the family and helping them through that stage is so important and having the the right leaders and the right clinicians and the right support team surrounding them really sets it apart and makes a difference in the care that's provided. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, there is is a point where us as leaders, me as the uh, CEO of FrontPoint and every, uh, all of my contemporaries, larger or smaller organizations, need to recognize that that it isn't about cutting costs uh, you know certainly hospices it shouldn't be nothing about pinching pennies to make dollars nor should any business mm-hmm. but cutting costs for hospice the wrong way has a deep and significant impact on you know the second most important moment of someone's life mm-hmm. right i mean perhaps the most important moments when you're born um and 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 to get that right, and 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 I just feel, I, I'm just so so solidly behind the work of the organizations that we're that we're part of. It's just uh, super inspiring. So, thank you. I appreciate yeah. you you sharing that and more about your organization and what's in the playbook and future vision. That I know I'm I'm excited to follow along and see the great things that you and your organization does as well as our listeners. So thank you for your insights that you shared today and joining me on on the podcast and um, taking the time to make this uh, a a great episode for all of our listeners. So hope everyone enjoyed this episode of the McBee Care Threads podcast. Thank you. At McBee, we understand the challenges providers face across the healthcare landscape. For more than 45 years, we've been a part of the evolution of the healthcare industry. Our strategic advisory solutions span the home health, hospice, health system, and senior living care continuums, creating improved clinical, financial, and operational outcomes. Our expertise is guaranteed. Our solutions empower. Visit us today at mcbeeassociates.com. Thank you for listening to McBee Care Threads. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. For more information on the topics discussed today, visit our website at mcbeeassociates.com. Until next time.